Man, it is, uh, it's good to be uh, with you uh, this morning. If this is your first time to One Church, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, before you get out of here, uh, we have a visitor's table just around the corner. We'd love to uh, just give you some information about who we are as a church, just a gift. Just say thank you uh, for just uh, blessing us with your presence this morning. Um, but uh, it's been an interesting week, amen? Um, I know last week, uh, towards the end of the service, we talked about some of the things that we're going to uh, change this summer, some of the things we're going to focus on, and, uh, and one of those things that were highlighted was just fellowship amongst believers, uh, and this is not what I had in mind particularly to draw us together, uh, but it has been, a, uh, I know, an interesting week, a hard week uh, for many of us, and I know many of us, even our church family, were very much uh, affected uh, by the storms that came through, and um, I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for so many of you have, have sacrificially served and given and prayed and uh, just been all over just uh, loving on your church family. Uh, and the response from those who uh, have been affected was, you know what, it was, it was just stuff. Uh, God is so faithful. God took care of us and uh, uh, we can still praise Him in the storms. Uh, I personally, my family was not so much affected by the things, but I will tell you, though, my life was affected because other people's lives were affected. Um, and it really got impressed on my heart this week, um, really the importance of church family, uh, the importance of doing life together, the importance of, of getting together and supporting one another and, and serving together and giving and, and all of these things that come along with that. Uh, and I've never been so proud to be a part of a church family who takes that uh, seriously uh, towards the end of the service, we're going to do some things a little bit differently. Um, through this time, I'm kind of using this as an excuse just in case the sermon is like a bomb this morning, but I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but there is something here that we're going to go through. So we're just going to pray that God does something through in this. Uh, we're going to continue our sermon series in the book of Acts. Uh, it's pretty interesting this morning. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me there. And what I mean by interesting is, is as I was reading, as I was preparing even uh, these last couple of days for uh, this morning as we gather together just to open up God's Word, to be encouraged and challenged and just uh, as we fellowship with one another. Um, if you remember the story last week, or maybe you don't, I just want to catch you up to speed real quickly. Uh, the book of Acts is the start of the New Testament church. Jesus has ascended and he says, I want you to uh, wait for something. I want you to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit that will indwell those who have given their lives to Christ. And he said, it's good for me to go because through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do immeasurably even more. And as, as the church starts to, uh, to form, as the church starts to function, they really didn't know what they were doing particularly. Somewhat like we didn't know what we were doing six years ago when God called us to start this church. Uh, and we were just like, Lord, you've got to come through. You've got to move in a big way. And we want to see you move. We want to see lives change. And that was the heart and the desire of the church in the book of Acts. And as, as they moved, one of the things that they talked about was in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And there were some key components of what the church looked like. And it says that they devoted themselves to the Word of God, that that must be the foundation of how we do life, of how we do church, is that we would never waver from the truth of God's Word. 
that that would be our firm foundation and we live our lives, we make choices, everything revolves around that. It goes on to say they devoted themselves to fellowship. I was convicted this week. My wife and I were talking about 10.30 last night and we said, you know what? We haven't spent this much time with people in a really long time. We haven't fellowshiped with people in such a way in a really long time. And God really got a hold of my heart. He really convicted me in a big way. And, and He started to show me some things that, that, are, that are consuming my time, some things that are consuming my thoughts and, and my money and all of these things and really helping me to reprioritize what it looks like, you know, because our slogan is always be, you know, don't just go to church, be the church. You know, that, sometimes that's easy to say. We're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Hoorah, hoorah. But what does that really look like for your life and my life? That means being with each other in, in, in the valleys and being with each other in the mountaintops. It means serving each other and giving unconditionally. And I was so convicted in a good way this week that I've been letting you guys down a little bit. And I just want to apologize before you that I haven't been more intentional in that. And my prayer as we pray together, as God leads us this summer, We've been talking about that God would just really just direct us this summer as a church as we do some things a little bit differently, that God would impress on our hearts, and then God would show you and me some things in our lives so that we can serve Him and that we can be more like Him to those around us. Amen? Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Peter and John had just come before a man, it says in a verse in chapter 23, a man that was in desperate need. He was, a, he was a lame man of what Scripture talks about, and he was sitting in front of the temple. He was sitting at the gate called Beautiful. And he was sitting there and he was begging for money or gold or really anything, so to speak. And so Peter and John intentionally go to this man and this man asked, you know, do you have some, something to give me? And, and Peter's response to this man is, is, is silver and gold I don't have. Not that they were against the giving to that particular, but they literally did not have that. But he says, what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, walk. And in that moment, because of the intentionality of Peter and John and the work of the Holy Spirit in and through this man, this man walked for the very first time. And so Peter and John were already on their way to the temple. This man is coming behind them. Now during that time, this man was not allowed to go into the temple because of his life. He is like he was so close, kind of like we do at church sometimes. Hey, you clean your life up, we'll let you in. You know, you get your act together, we'll let you come in. You do all of these things. And the, and the, and the perspective of so many people is, I've got to get my life right before I come to God. And God says, no, I want to go where your life is all messed up because that is my expertise. I want to save you out of those things, out of that difficult situation, out of whatever is going on in your life. And I want to make you whole. I want to make you new. So for the first time, this, this lame man, this man walks and he goes to the temple and the uproar. I mean, you can imagine. But I love this story because it gives Peter an opportunity to share the good news to those around him because they all knew this man. He had sat there every single day and he said he was a little over 40 years old, so they knew that man. And all of a sudden, a miracle had taken place and his life was changed forever. 
Peter starts to speak and it says, people start surrendering their lives in that moment just like that because of what God has done in and through that situation. And as we say, when we are bold for the name of God, it arouses the enemy. And that's exactly what took place. Peter and John were brought before the temple courts, before the Sanhedrin is what it says here in Scripture. And they tell him, they tell Peter and John, you will not speak in the name of Jesus any longer. And so they throw him in jail, and all of a sudden, there's kind of an uproar amongst the people because they're all excited, and people are excited about the things God was doing. And the courts were a little nervous. They were a little nervous of even to do things, so they released them. And here's what I want to pick up this morning in verse 23 because I think it's pretty incredible. And I really want you to see this because I think it fits so well, amazingly enough, you know how God does things like that, of where we are this week. And, and the first response of these two men, Peter and John, I want you to see here in verse 23. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Verse 24, When they heard this, speaking of the people, the church, when the church heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So the first thing that Peter and John do is they went to their church family. They they went to their church family and they wanted to share with them because they knew those were the people that cared about them. They knew these are the people that had been praying for their release. They know that these are the people that would go to the ends of the earth to do whatever they can to support them and to carry their burdens. And I love this because Peter and John, they go back to the people who care for them most and that's the church. And it says here that all of a sudden they pretty much have a spontaneous prayer service. They start praising God because of what God had done in and through the lives of Peter. Uh, Peter, 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 all right? Uh, okay, that's just weird. Uh, verse 24 goes on and says, Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So their response was, was one of unity. It says that they all responded in prayer and thanksgiving to God because of what He had done. You know, I started thinking about that. Some of the testimonies that I've been just getting feedback left and right for those who are in Christ Jesus and those who have been affected was, you know what? God is so faithful. God is so good. And, and for you and I who are in Christ, we can come out of storms. We can come out of difficult situations. We can come out of these things. And we can have the joy of the Lord in our lives. And I'm here to tell you, that is not normal. That's not something that's inside of me, so to speak. That's something that only the Holy Spirit, through His power and through His strength, allows us to display what's inside of us. And so these men, they come to their church family. And the first thing they do is they thank God for who He is. You know, let's be honest, sometimes in my life, you know, um, someone comes to me, you know, and they're like, hey, man, they, they, they told us to be silent. You're like, you know, no, they didn't. You know what I mean? It's almost like you know, revenge is on. Is anybody that kind of person? No, you're like, yeah, I'm not raising my hand. It's like, man, 
Let's do something about that. Let's do something about that. I mean, let's, let's go and let's, let's boycott the temple. Anybody with me? All right, let's, let's rally the troops and let's go boycott the temple here because how dare they tell my boys to be quiet and stop speaking about Jesus? Maybe sometimes we um, will go and we'll do things and we'll, maybe we'll take a poll and say, you know what, guys? There's 73, 73% of these people that disagree with you, okay? We just want you to know that. All right, and if that persuades you whatsoever, we're just letting you know. Some of us might want to go and intimidate or maybe threaten people. You've never done that before, I know for sure. Maybe some of us want to, we want to take action. But I love this. It says that these two men had just come out of a very, very difficult situation. A very difficult situation situation, they go and they come to their church family, and all of a sudden, they surround each other, and the first thing they do is they have a spontaneous prayer meeting that is led by the Spirit of God, and it seems to be a cycle all through the church that as these men, as the church would go and preach the good news, it would arouse the enemy, so to speak, and and persecution would take place, things would happen to their lives, and all of a sudden they would come back to their church family, and they would pray, they would rally, God would move, the Spirit would move, He would give them boldness, He would give them strength, and they would go right back out to the place that they know they could get themselves in trouble. Anybody like to pray themselves out of trouble? Anybody at all? Yes. God, if you would just take them out, man, just... If you could just take the Sanhedrin court out, man, everything would be good. I will speak with boldness if you take all the people that disagree with me. If you would just give them that, if you would take care of that person, if you might, you know, like, give me another neighbor. This guy's driving me crazy. How about another boss? And, and many times, listen to this, many times we pray for those difficult situations to go. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong in that, Okay. But I want you to see here how the early church, they displayed themselves. They didn't pray that the difficult situations would go away. They prayed that God would give them strength and boldness to go back into them. Verse 25, it goes on. It says, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Verse 26, The kings of the earth rise up. And the rulers band together against the Lord and against His anointed. When I love this because verse 25 and 26 is taken right out of Psalms chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And so here's what the people are doing. They're saying, you know what? We know that God is going to be faithful in this situation because God has proven Himself faithful all through time. They come, they gather, they pray, they use God's Word as an encouragement for boldness and strength in that situation there. Verse 27 goes on and it says, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. I love verse 28. It says, They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So here's what they're saying. God is in control of those who are in control. That God holds all things together. 
And I know many times we want to doubt that. I know many times our faith is shaken because of circumstances or situations and all of these things. But I love this because they go to the Word of God, they pray together, and their strength comes in knowing that God is in control of all things. i got to be honest. There's some things that take place that I don't like. There's some things that take place in and through around our lives that we don't like, but knowing that God is faithful, know that God is, is our rock and our firm foundation, knowing that you and I can have joy even in the midst of storms. Verse 29 goes on and says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your With great boldness. Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. There's three things that they pray for here. The first thing is, is they're letting God know, like, God, you know there's some situations going on here. God, just in case you didn't know, like, these guys are not treating us well. And I love that because sometimes you're like, you know, why are you praying about those things? Like, doesn't God already, has anybody ever said, doesn't God already know? I love prayer because it, it strengthens our relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's that time spent through prayer, opening our hearts before God. Yes, He knows our hearts, but it's that time that we have before Him that He strengthens us. He fills us up. And so they say, God, we just want you to know there's some threats going on for our lives, the second thing they pray for is boldness. Boldness. They prayed to have the chance to continue to serve. And then the third thing they prayed for is that God would send more miracles so that those miracles would open the door for the gospel message to be shared so that lives would be changed. See, sometimes in my life I struggle with I always want to see God do more. I always want to see lives be changed, and many times I pray for that, but honestly, sometimes in my life, that doubt seeps in, and sometimes I doubt if God can really do that. And I love this because these men and women, they're getting together, and they are praying with boldness. They're they're fervently praying, believing that God is going to hear their prayers and knowing that God wants to continue to move even in the midst of a difficult situation. And they're believing that God is going to move. What about you? Do you believe that really God is going to move on behalf of His people's prayers? Verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I love this because it says God showed up. The place where they were standing starts to shake. God's presence was there. And it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were refueled by the power of God in that life. And because of this, listen to this, because of this, it gave them the boldness to continue to do something that might cost them. You see, many times God calls us to be a part of things. Many times God calls us to be doing things that might cost us. You see, serving costs. 
Sometimes it costs money. Sometimes it costs time. Sometimes that means sacrificing other things so that we can make those things a priority in our lives. But when God calls us into a life of obedience, it always will cost us something. You see, the problem I have is is I want God to move, but sometimes I don't want it to cost me anything. Anybody else? God says, no, 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 I I want to move. And I I want to start with you, Brandon. I want to start with you. I want to move in your life. I want to show you some things in your life that I want to chisel away that aren't of me because I want to make you more like me so that when your life is more like me, it affects those lives around you. And it's that same communication he's having with our lives. I want to start with you because our first response is if you would just change them, things would be better. Anybody else? If you would get rid of that situation, if you get rid of those people, you know, life would be good. And God said, no, I want to work in you. I want to make you more like my son Jesus so that when you go, you will have the boldness so that when you go and do things, my life will be displayed in your life and it will affect those around you. Through their prayer was displayed an absolute confidence in God. They prayed for boldness, not less persecution. In essence, they asked God for more of what got them into trouble in the first place. They were saying, Lord, do it again. Give us the courage to stand firm in the boldness to speak the truth. Chapter 5 goes on and it speaks about the results of this prayer. The troops were rallied, so to speak. They were refueled. They were on fire. They had boldness and they go and they share the good news. The persecution takes place. God does a miracle, releases them. They go back to their church family. They pray. They huddle. They get back together. They go and they send. You see in the cycle here, are you seeing the purpose of the church right now? That we could come together and that we could fellowship, that we could be there for one another. And that we could have the boldness to go across the street. We could have the boldness to go across the world. We could have the boldness to go into those places that some people have fear. That we could be the light to those around us. But God never wanted us to go alone because if you stay there too long, you're going you're to dry up. And God said, no, gather back together when those times come. Gather together, pray together, fellowship, pray for boldness, and then do it again. That's exactly what they did. John Piper once quoted, If you do not know that life is a struggle, you will not know what prayer is for. Oswald Chambers once quoted, To say that prayer changes things is not as close to the truth as saying prayer changes me than I change things. I'm going to ask Jared to come back up. Um, I know that this week has been an interesting week to say the least for some of us. It has been an absolute struggle for some of us. And God has challenged me. God has really spoke to me in a big way. Because I have been hurting because you have been hurting. See, that's what it means to be the church family. And we're always saying, man, be a part of the church. Get involved. Be committed. 
Because it's in those times when you need some troops to rally around you, man, they're going to be there. That's exactly what's taking place this week. And I know if I could, which we are going to do here in a second. I think sometimes that we kind of go through and we kind of just keep going and sometimes we forget. We soon forget. And we forget to praise God even in the storm. So this morning, I'm going to give us an opportunity. Um, You might take us up on it. You might not. It's okay. We're just going to spend these last few minutes just, uh, just praying together. Continuing to pray for all the families affected. But more than that, praying that God would just work in and through our lives. That God would teach us. God would mold us and make us more like Him.